0: welcome back everyone to another episode of cinema demore i'm your host chuck phillips joined by
1: justin morgan
2: and lexi
0: and we're continuing on our anime trip that justin has sent us on flying through the skies this week with Porco Rosso or the Crimson Pig or the Red Pig, the Red Pig. Yeah. Whatever language you want to you want to call them in. I did like I did enjoy uh, the way this film starts in like seven different languages on the screen when it gives you the and I, I like I immediately my eyes could not find English at first. Like I started reading the Spanish one and I'm like, I'm like, picking up some of those words but I really feel like I should be reading something else like I had to keep looking I'm like where oh English okay I see what we're see what we're doing here it
1: was like a radio signal so you got yeah. little bits at a time yeah I, I enjoyed that I like I like that start to it to set it up I watched this dubbed again I watched this dub for the first time
2: I didn't intend to once again HBO only let me watch it dubbed I can't find anywhere well
1: was it the Japanese Airlines one or is it the Michael Keaton one what was Michael Keaton Porco Yes. Then you answered my question. (laughs) That's the definitive way to watch it. It's with Michael Keaton.
2: Is it?
0: Michael Keaton and... Brad Garrett is the is the other pirate. Yeah,
1: he really stands out. I mean, I'm very familiar with Michael Keaton, probably just from the Batman movies, but Brad Garrett's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just think <laughs> of everyone loves Raymond or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: When he was screaming, uh he, he was good. But uh I, th- I think probably like the worst voice again. I don't I've watched these all dubbed so far, and I, I'd say they're they've all been better or at least at least like more than half the the cast is pretty good. Although Carrie Elwis in this was giving like the worst southern texas accent i've ever heard and i don't oh my
1: god yes like
0: i don't know if he was doing it on purpose or if he just had like very poor direction and they just said a texas accent and he just was like okay and just like he's going off like such a broad
2: like weird accent that he went for in that movie like
0: his was very distractingly bad
2: so did anybody watch this subtitled because i have a question
1: yes but not recently so i don't even think i can answer your question <laughs> Okay, why did the guy who was American have
2: French flags on everything and look like he was French?
1: I don't know. Why was the <laughs> Italian pig speaking Japanese? Because
2: <laughs> he was cursed. We'll just go with it. They never give us answers as to why he's a pig. And remember, he's just a pig.
1: He wasn't always a pig.
2: <laughs> I love how that was his answer to everything in the movie. He's like, I'm just yeah. a pig. What? No, you're not. You're a real jerk. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a pig, so... <laughs> That was maybe the weirdest
0: thing is how this film feels like it completely glosses over how and why he's a pig. It does not tell you that in the slightest that he he makes vague mentions of that he gave up being human. And then the uh, somebody else mentions like him being cursed. But then it's never shown or brought up how or why this ever happened. We're just told at some point he randomly became a pig
2: or why sometimes people could see him in his real human form.
0: I guess maybe I read into it far enough that his curse was that he felt that he was he was a pig. He was a coward. And every time people see him as his normal self, it's like when when he's like being vulnerable and actually trying to be human and connect with people. Like when he tells that story to, to Theo and she like sees him as a human there for a second because he's like actually connecting with her or something like that. Like that's that's how I kind of read into that. But it, but it still doesn't tell you like how so or
1: maybe why the curse is like yeah. a visual illusion too. that. Yeah. People are able to see through every once in a while. Uh, Yeah,
0: like maybe like maybe he isn't a pig. He just like, yeah, it's like some sort of trick that everyone sees him and he sees himself that way. But like if it's not an actual like physical
1: transformation, like if you touched his face, it's not actually a pig face. I looked this up, too. Why did Porco become a pig? And it says, although it was never mentioned in the movie, a press release states that he was disillusioned with humanity and cursed himself to become a pig. So he did it to himself, which is very vague in the beginning of the movie. It makes me think that somebody cursed him. Like he (laughs) got into a dogfight with somebody that was the wrong person. Miyazaki stated that when a man becomes middle-aged, he becomes a pig.
2: (laughs) Oh, okay. What is this movie about? For anybody who's never seen it, because I actually think this movie was a bit confusing.
1: Who's never? We've all seen it.
2: Okay. What about the people listening?
1: (laughs) They can't answer.
2: That's fair.
1: I mean, they can. We can't hear them. Uh, We're actually in a different time. (sighs) We're two weeks prior to probably when they're listening to this. We're in the past right now. that's, That's fair. No, we're in the future. Oh, wait, we are in the past. Yeah, come on. Get your timeline right right i love aviation i know that miyazaki also loves aviation he has a lot of fun with it i do like the moment when they're working on his plane and the engine is a ghibli model engine yeah. right
2: that was great <laughs> which would be that like if so you watch a disney
1: that. movie and the engine just was like disney <laughs> they've done they've done shit like
2: that before or they'll make a reference to another film as the model of something i've seen that done before in a couple also, of movies and then
1: john Lasseter, he gets credits like u.s observation credit or something i'm like did he really have a hand in the dubbing or is it just the distribution
0: i feel like it's probably just the distribution i doubt he like had like a hands-on anything to really do even with like the dubbing maybe he was maybe he like assisted in casting like when they were to, to pick actors that maybe he thought would be good for the roles but he's
1: like fuck it can we get michael
0: keaton yeah michael keaton's like i'm not busy Who
1: was big when this movie came out but i don't know when the recording happened they get good people to do their dubs i thought the dub was really well done i've watched too many of them where they're just awful i avoid them yeah
2: i don't watch dubs uh you watch two i watched i avoid you're dubs two like for two though i hate it <laughs> I know it's it's well. I find it upsetting because like I would not watch these dubbed. I would not watch any of these dubbed if I had an option. It's the only way I'm able to get them right now, and I'm not gonna go out of my way. And I mean, Rachel even tried to look on other sources to see if we could find it somewhere else, just so I could not watch it.
1: How did dubbed, you watch it, Chuck?
2: It is what it is
1: on HBO. Max. Dubbed or subbed? Yeah, dub. But could you watch it subbed? I mean, I feel like I could,
0: but I didn't try. I mean, I, you I definitely were. I like, I want to hear Michael
1: Keaton by Michael Keaton.
2: That image I of him, where like it's like
1: lean. it had his credit as during his interview, is Porco Rosso.
2: So this guy is a pig man who lives in on an island in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, and he's hunts pirates. Is that the plot of this?
1: He's a bounty hunter. Yeah, that's that's how he makes his
2: living. he's, so he's, he's a the bounty Boba, hunter.
1: He's the pig Boba Fett. He's run from his uh, country, think... which is a bunch of fascists. fascists. Italy. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I mean Italy does make the best performance machinery so i can see why he'd want to get his plane tuned there yeah
0: he'll only he'll only go there there was something uh really good about miyazaki does love to put like uh he does put like feminist ideals in a lot of his films this is a more like, the first one that i can think of that didn't have a female protagonist specifically this is the one that has a male protagonist and the whole kind of the whole joke on it is that like we were saying like he says oh i'm a pig i'm just uh i'm a, I'm a jerk i'm a loser and like every time uh he is like real real sad. Texas, when like the women are trying to fix his plane, and he's like, no tell me, you're going to let the women touch the plane?" I do like.
1: Now tell me, why aren't you letting me do it? Is it because I'm young or a woman? And he says both, and she goes, "Ah, oh, I guess that makes sense." Is, I was yeah. like, "What?" <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i enjoyed all of his interactions when he when he's getting his plane fixed there with the uh the mechanic and then he's like where where are your sons oh there's no work they're all gone and he's like this is work call them
2: back i find his uh feminism heavy-handed on a personal level with nausicaa it was definitely there but it was like i said before i've seen this story done before a billion times it wasn't like it was pretty typical how to make a woman look-strong kind of, like, story. And then I find that a lot of his female characters in his films play the same way. I don't know. There's always this, like, I can do it. I'm a woman kind of thing. And you're just, like, yeah, I get it. Like, and I get that he sets these things in a time period where, like, that's heavy-handed again. Like, the sexism and stuff like that. I mean, that time period that he's in, is like, super sexist. So, was it, like, 19... It's, like, 1930s this movie takes place in? Yeah. Yeah, so. so it's, like... I mean they they treat all the women in it like shit, so it's not like she's the only one kind of thing Gina, but they're all all the women are the strongest characters in the entire thing too, and
1: and he likes his pigs too, uh, yeah the Gina's pigs good. come back and spirited away. The parents become yeah. pigs, which is weird. It's more people becoming pigs
2: <laughs> i find I find that he uh does repeat his female characters though I find them all very similar in style and theming. I don't feel like he veers too much from the path when he's doing them right down to like, even when he does them as little kids and stuff, I feel like there's a lot of like consistency. Hey, I in mean, even the characters. old woman
1: that he had in this too made me think of like all the old woman that he does. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. it's very true. All the grandmother crone mm-hmm. characters. I'm not, I'm not going to say it, it's negative. Like I'm you not are. like mad at it kind of thing, but it, it is something where I'm like, there is a lot of, Similarity in his films when you start watching them like this. Like, not all of them, but like the more popular ones. Cause this one had a lot of like stuff that I thought wouldn't carry over at first. And then it was like, you know what? This is definitely a Miyazaki film. (laughs) Like, Like, like I was like, oh yeah, this is, this has got all the stuff there. I'm like, it's a pretty, pretty, pretty much just what I would have almost expected without. I thought we were going to get something different. You know what I mean? And it ended up just being a Miyazaki film. And I was like, I thought this one was going to like stretch outside of like the lines. What do you mean? It
1: just ended up being a Miyazaki film. Like it just fell into the basic criteria or something
2: yeah it had similar themings it had like similar characters like i said like his, his young female character and, like it's the same one that's in all of his movies his strong female character that's the same one that kind of carries over in all of his movies like there was a lot of like uh, similarities in his main character i mean this character was the same as um how i mean it's the same thing it's a you know i'm a piece of shit i'm a piece of shit you know it's like but he's not really a piece of shit like howl wasn't a piece of shit either like he was like a good guy, but he'd done some shitty things. So he does make layered lead male characters in that regard. Like they, they're like, "I'm not, I'm not a good guy, but I'm actually a good guy." And that's like the, where the layering comes in <laughs> is how they, how he goes about portraying them, kind of thing. And then there's that female character who is unrestrained, has like no filters, and is there to do the devil she work. can do and stand up for herself yeah that kind of stuff so like it's like they do always have the same kind of structures when it comes to i don't think they're always
1: bad but this one is they're not they're like far from the spotlight they're they're not done terribly but they're not done the greatest of justices either you know
2: i don't think it's a bad thing i think it's it goes with the territory of when you start paying attention to his films they're not They're family films, but they do have strong orientation towards children. That structure works really well with how he wants to tell his stories because his stories are really like fairy tales as like, you know, like Grimm's fairy tales kind of stuff where there's a lesson in each one. Like, so don't do this or this will happen or that kind of stuff. And it's all very, very like out there and open. Like, it's not like he's like, you're watching it and halfway through it, you're like, oh, this is a whatever movie. It's like, nope, this is definitely that movie like right off the start. Like, you know what you're getting into, you know where it's going to go kind of thing. So they're simple and predictable, but I don't think they're bad. Like they're beautiful and they're simple. Like this one, not to go against what you're saying was
1: maybe the least predictable because the entire time I watched the movie, I think where the hell is this going? I have no idea where this is going.
2: This movie has no plot. Like it seems like it's just like a slice of life story that you just kind of follow like segments of this guy's life and that's kind of it and it doesn't really seem to go anywhere or have any kind of like plot or purpose. I found this one more enjoyable to watch than Nausicaä. Like I was like I had fun. I enjoyed what I was watching. I was interested, I was intrigued, I laughed. There was good scenes. This everything was paced
0: well yeah this is definitely his most like comedic just like basically like flat out making more of a comedic film than some of his other ones i feel like he doesn't he ma- he doesn't get as much like into. he cuts back he doesn't have the eco messaging in this film this is, like, no you know, not as strong few, yeah one of his few ones that doesn't have like that overarching narrative it uh especially even from right off the beginning with the, the design of the pirates and their look it was making me think
1: of like the old tin i tin do love how and yeah and the pirates like aren't even taken seriously like all the children no, are yeah, so right excited bad, to see pirates they're, they're,
0: yeah yeah when like the the pirates like pick them up and that guy's like should we take all of them and he's like it'd be rude to separate them we need to take them all so they can stay together and like yeah, they, yeah everyone's just like everyone's just like making fun of him making fun of the pirates and they're the so little they're kids so were useless. great and then, they, yeah. and then
2: they get in their like underwear to go swimming, yeah. and they're like, "Stop! Stop! Be modest." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is very much like French animation. Um, like you can tell, he's pulling a lot from that. It also seems to have a lot of crossover with stuff like Lupin, which I know he, he said, did Lupin did he the on Third,
1: Lupin one of them. Yeah, his first movie so, was a Lupin. Like there, movie. you
2: can see, you can see where it comes in. Male like, protagonist too, there's like that, that theme Lupin, in there. Yeah. yeah, Lupin, Lupin, and Lupin is based on a French thief. It goes back to that, like f- loving the French animation, but like putting their Did own spin on. Did you watch it. "I Lost Leather. My Body"?
1: Oh, you got to. No. And Chuck, have you been watching <laughs> all the Miyazaki movies? Yeah. Nice. Uh, this one's right yeah, before through... next week's, right? Yeah, yeah. This was the one that came right before. This is.
0: Yeah, it feels like it, this was making me think of the the past couple movies. Like when we talk about Wes Anderson, like he started wanting to do like movies with a particular country or theme like this one he he started pulling in more european things in this film and then uh kiki's delivery service was the one right before this was had has like a very german feel to it it feels like she's in like a german village even though again it's it's no one no one ever says where they're actually at but every the buildings and the architecture all looks like they're in like some sort of german village that she's flying around in so it's like i felt like that was that movie then he goes to it's set in the Mediterranean and Italy in this film. But yeah, I get like those French, like I said, like Tintin influences in like the character yeah. designs for the pirates and stuff like that, where they're just,
1: they're just all he shaggy was named after and stuff like a, that. like a famous, I don't know if it was a animator or just the person that did drawings of uh, Marco who became Porco Rosso. He
2: also bases his style a lot off that old school anime. Like he uses a lot of that 60 style in his stuff. Like, but the pirates look a lot like something that uh, Tetsuo uh, Os- uh, Osama Tetsuko would draw, so like it has a lot of that kind of like very heavy, like 60s, 70s theming, yeah, it does which all a- of the kind stuff makes it does. a little ageless yeah. though.
1: Um, because they that, that style yeah. is still around. I mean, there's kind of a new hyper realistic yeah. anime style that your name has, and you know, more modern films now. And this kind of just it kind of has that like classic feel to it because where I come from. Yeah. And I was watching Dragon Ball Z when I was in elementary school, middle school. I thought that they were like, they're just working on this. Then I watched something like Nausicaa, you know, or I mean, Speed Racers way far back and doesn't have that same vibe to it. But if you look at. Basically, all of Miyazaki's work, it has that exact looking and feel to it. Yeah. And it's something that was made 15 years prior.
2: Right. He's definitely, like, a fan of the old school. So he, like, carries that style right over through into everything that he does. Even when he utilizes new techniques, his style has still got that, like, hard old school quality. I think, like, once we get into Mononoke, that's when you'll see a dramatic shift in his styling. But even that one... Like when you look at Nausicaä and Mononoke, there's a lot of crossover in the character designs between those two films as well. He leans things out a lot more in, in uh, Mononoke. Yeah,
1: I, I don't hate this movie, but it is probably one of my least favorite of his just because it maybe meanders a little bit too much and it, it doesn't have as yeah. much like of a, a whimsical kind of feeling. I mean, I guess Nausicaä is not whimsical, but...
2: I think this is whimsical. I think this is like – I think that's kind of its problem is that it's got too much of it, and it doesn't really know what it wants it's to do. It's heavily it like, based is in it the got like... world
1: minus a few tiny things like the guy becoming right. a pig and, uh, I don't know, these comical pirates. I always but... do love the, the idea of like the aviation, and I think that would have been something cool to carry through all the way to The Wind Rises – Wind Rises, which is his last film. It shouldn't be his last film unless he passes away before he finishes the, his current film. I mean, it takes it takes a while to, to <laughs> uh, make it. It's it hyper seems. real. It's another one that's super real. Like, there's no fantastic ideas. It's literally a movie. It could have been filmed. And uh, I feel like it's interesting that he kind of thought, like, oh, this is the note. This is the place that I want to end until recently where he's like, uh, I might do one more.
2: I can see entirely why Disney bought this stuff, like why they bought Studio Ghibli. I'm like, I can totally understand it. Because it goes kind of a lot of, of the same way that Disney does a lot of their stuff too, where they base a lot of stuff off old fairy tales. So they adopt a lot of visual styles that don't come from here, but like, they, like Snow White's very German, things like that. So it's got like a lot of like, Strong theming around that kind of stuff, and they still do that to this day. And a lot of like when well, they well, you got to think too they, of all
1: these they, animators they, when they're not doing CG. They're they're checking out animation from all around the world, and Miyazaki is one of the people that like highly influenced them. So I'm sure right. when they're talking this up, they're like, you know, we've made enough money off a of Toy Story. Let's let's get some of these Studio Ghibli <laughs> movies and district, you know distribute them in the United States which I guess would have just been home video releases because I've never come... They're probably the easiest you can possibly get them right now, just jumping on HBO Max, but I don't think I watched a single... Well, I watched Spirited Away and Howl's Moving Castle probably when they came out, and then I was interested in The Wind Rises, never got around to it until I watched the entire collection, which came out a few years ago. I can tell
2: you, growing up, in the eighties and nineties, getting your hands on Miyazaki stuff was impossible. Like I wanted Nausicaä for years. It didn't come out until like the two thousands. Like I was trying to get that movie back in like the early nineties. Could never. Did get you my hands the, on it. You, Did you and find the Did you find the Porco
1: like, Rosso soundtrack?
2: No. <laughs> the soundtrack is actually pretty good been. in this movie too. Yeah, this movie's soundtrack is. I thought it was a lot better in a lot of ways. It wasn't bad. Um, but yeah like you couldn't get your hands on Miyazaki stuff and a lot of times too when they would release stuff in this country like same thing like they were heavy edits like a lot of cuts a lot of things that like people just would like cut it for time sometimes just to make it like fit on a VHS like for quality or something like that so they just hack shit up all the time and like give it to us we didn't know any better so we're like yeah you know that's what you get kind of of thing.
0: Some of those edits in some anime like uh, genuinely make me laugh at just how how strange it, it seems like. Like I know a big thing. Uh, that I know they cut like smoking out of a lot of these and stuff like uh. that because they're like, they're like oh you don't want to show kids people smoking it'll make uh. them think it's cool. It's like yeah that, that pig mm. that flies around in an airplane I want to be like I want to be just like that guy and smoke some cigarettes. Like uh,
1: It's funny though the editing with uh, the only one that I'm most familiar with. I, I want to say the only one I'm really familiar with is Dragon Ball Z, listening to oh, the animators yeah. interpret it in up. English. And it's like the liberties that they take is because they're like, this isn't going to make any sense whatsoever mm-hmm. to like American, uh, art, you know, like the audiences. They're never going to get this. And then, um, the confusion with the language. What's the story of the, the monkey? The language came? barrier was, was rough like a... for them too because <laughs> they said they'd get like the Super Saiyans. And they're like, w- what are you what's happening how is that goku like they didn't under- they didn't understand it <laughs>
2: it's like it's japanese folklore like uh, in a lot of ways with the senzu beans and like the monkey king shit and all that kind of stuff like it's just amped up to 11 but that's what it is like it's just weird i never liked dragon ball <laughs> i couldn't get into it there's
0: only 265 episodes. It's, uh, oh you my know, God. we'll knock that out in the day.
2: I watched, I watched all of it up to the Frieza saga and I watched that whole Frieza saga and then they killed Frieza and then they went back to earth finally. And then when they got back to earth, this kid shows up from another dimension and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. Frieza shows back up and he's a robot and he's even more powerful than he was before. And I'm like, you guys just spent like 40 episodes of this show fighting with this they, dude on the a the planet fight. to a point that you destroyed the, the planet. Like over and I'm
1: like three hours long. It's like straight up a three hour. Like flight. it's, <laughs> it's
2: awful. It just goes on forever. And then all that, and, he, and it fucking comes back. And I was like, what? And then this kid who just showed up, pulls out a sword and just cuts it in half. And that's the whole thing with Dragon Ball
1: that I kind of like dig is that they have this. I was like, like, I'm done with this. They can't defeat. And then when they finally do like something worse comes, like they're finally like, Oh yeah, we can, this is no problem now. I was like, all you had to do is cut it in half. Okay. Well that was easy.
2: Anyway, I'm glad I spent like 40 hours of my life watching this. Fight that destroyed a planet, and then you just cut it in half. I'm like, I'm not watching this shit anymore. I'm out. This is fucking garbage.
0: <laughs> they didn't. They didn't know all you needed was swords. They're they're shooting yeah. off energy beams and yeah. you know doing kung fu's. It like it's like all you needed was a sword the whole time, man. He's like, oh, yeah, that's a sword from the future. <laughs> it feels like it's like a. It's making me think of Dewey Cox. I didn't realize how easy it was to just cut a guy in half with a machete. He's like, Yeah, it's super easy. Like, it just happens.
1: Uh, you know, this life is good when Dewey Cox can become a part of any conversation. Oh,
0: it's my favorite movie. I love that movie. I talk, there's that like people,
1: really it just gets brought up all the time. Like, the other day we were talking about one of my co workers saying, like, how they were uh, against marijuana, and then all the Don Sheetle like, <laughs> You don't want you definitely don't this. definitely don't want shit. this. Because it'll kill me. You I can't. Think you I can't. Want it. <laughs> yeah, because I'll overdose. You, can, you can't, can't OD. overdose on this.
0: Well, I don't want to get addicted to anything. It's not. Uh,
1: a it habit sounds for like me. it's something I want.
0: <laughs> Is it gonna give me a hangover? it doesn't give you a hangover i kind of think i want some of this shit
2: i like uh, i like the part when he's like i will not give in to temptation and then he turns over and the, oh the temptations, the temptations. <laughs> yeah.
0: And yeah, yeah they're doing my girl <laughs> oh, the temptations I like, i'm
2: just like this movie's so stupid i love it, <laughs> it such a,
0: yeah it has the greatest cameos of all time like jack white as elvis yeah. doing kung fu it's such a him. weird movie yeah. Any anytime I can work that into a, any anytime I can make <laughs> Miyazaki references and Dewey Cox references at the same time, I'm gonna take that opportunity. This felt like the end of this movie. Felt like a uh, a Dragon Ball Z thing where they all had to go to an island so that they don't uh, don't interfere with the regular population. It's like we're gonna have a dog fight and we'll all go to this island like really far out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> where I'll do it where we could do Did our own. Watched the
1: Northmen. No. No. Um... That movie has like a very similar kind of like let's fucking meet here and have a, our final fight. And it's like, okay And I'm like, <laughs> seems inconvenient. And then the location they pick is extremely inconvenient to have a final fight. <laughs> but I dug it. It's I on just Peacock fin- now. I think Chuck has that. So watch it, Chuck.
2: Yeah, I'm going to have to watch it now. I just I just finished Stranger Things season Well,
1: four. Chuck didn't.
0: Yeah, I'm still. I got two episodes. I left. did have
1: things spoiled for you. You're not me, missing though. anything. I hate. that. I feel I like they're the, the.
0: They are. They are too long this season. Like they're. That's what everyone. Hyped they're up an hour and a half, half like, an episode. Because like, because like these episodes are longer, and like I'm watching them, and I'm like, well, yeah, they're longer because you're like adding way too much extra stuff that you don't need. Like you, you could easily cut all these episodes. There's back characters to that don't even know what's fine. happening to the
1: other characters. Like they haven't even played right. into yeah, yeah, like they're, their they're story. They're all spread out, like. I, the yeah, last episode it, they yeah, said because uh, July first they're gonna release the last two the episodes so episode's like 150 two, minutes. And two yeah. and a half hours for the that last one
2: but yeah I we we started watching it and we're like, oh the new episode's out and I'm like only seven episodes and I was like that's kind of bullshit because every season's like at least like nine or ten and then you start watching it and I was like, God, this feels like it's going on forever. And we look at it, it's like each episode's about an hour 15 and then like some of them are an hour 30 and you're just like, I'm just watching tiny movies. And I thought when we came on the show, I was like, I swear I watched <laughs> like a bunch of movies. I'm going to be like, I talked <laughs> about these movies. It's like, no, you watch Stranger Things over the course of like the weekend. And I'm like, oh, and Porco. I watched Rosa, all the Jurassic yeah, which was, and
1: Porco so. and Porco. Uh, yeah. I did. You will be proud of me, though. I did watch more animation. I didn't watch any more features, but I've been watching Love, Death, and Robots, and I only have like this season was the, actually good. The third yeah, one. Uh, the 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 David Fincher episode I thought was really awesome with the with the uh, the pirates and the giant crab.
2: Yeah, that was good. It wasn't bad. I this was the first season of that show where I've gone. The show's finally like gotten decent because like the first two seasons are terrible. Oh, I don't
1: think so. Honestly,
2: like there's like one or two. There's like one or two. For the most part, it's really bad. It, it wishes so badly it was heavy metal. And I'm just like, man, if you want to just make a heavy metal TV series, I'm 100% here for that. But get proper people
1: on it. I know
0: he was like connected to that. Not Not all of the episodes
1: are great, but it does make me – it does have like a Twilight Zone vibe where every story starts and you're kind of disoriented because you don't know exactly where you're at. But uh, some of them are funny. Like the three robots that just go around and criticize human nature is just like –
2: they're cute. I like them. And the one with the, the robot,
1: the vacuum. Oh, the vacuum one the, was great. The owner. Yeah, it's like the. Yeah, that was a good it one. It definitely makes me think of. I think the, the makes one you think of Black Mirror or something, but it's funny. The,
2: the one that stood out to me the most that I really liked was the one about the ship that won't die. And it keeps coming back, but it'll kill all of its crew. And it, it just keeps like killing all of its crew and it finally like likes the The one girl. I don't know if I saw that one. Oh
1: wait, that's the real psychedelic looking one. And then
2: it. No, no, it's all photorealistic, super realistic looking, and uh, the pilot bonds with the ship, and then the ship sacrifices itself.
1: Yeah, I did see that one to save her life at the end. The one where they're like, they had the mystery deaths on the ship, so they made it to sound like it was going to be like a haunted ship.
2: No, it was every time it would go out. Its crew would get killed, but somehow the ship yeah. wouldn't get destroyed. So they kept putting new crews, in and its crews kept dying from combat. Like they were in a brutal ship war
1: or something. Until she bonds with, yeah, it. yeah.
2: So they were like, yeah, that was one of my favorites. Are you I thought that one was really this? well done. did
1: you watch any of them? Nope. Uh, are you able to follow the out of context craziness of what we're saying? Vaguely. Uh, they're all supposed to be adult animation. I don't think any episodes longer than like 20 minutes. And there's some that are short as they're 10, they're 10 like, minute, like episodes six or 11. So. I saw one that was real. Short. There's one with Topher grace. He is not animated. Yeah. He's, he's, oh, he's the just, refrigerator. He's just there. The freezer. No, I've seen that one. Yeah.
0: I've seen yeah, that one. The, Cause people have like posted that one online. Like I like self.
1: Some of them are the weak. world that advances. I, I like on yeah, the yeah. one, that, yeah. the Zima blue about the artist. I thought that was pretty cool. But then there were some of them, the, the giant, I thought was funny, was just, like, a dead giant washed up to the beach. And, and everybody is just like, oh, this is interesting. And then they first See, don't care about it after, like, a couple days.
2: It, it's hard for me to watch this stuff because, like, I grew up in the MTV era of animation. And, like, I had stuff like Liquid Television and Cartoon Sushi. And, like, I used to watch O Canada in on Canada? Um, Cartoon Network, which... Re- no, no, on, it was Cartoon Network. They used to run the uh, Canadian National Film Board shorts. And it was a show that was on for at like midnight on Sundays, and they ran just Canadian animation shorts on it. So I used to like religiously watch that on Cartoon Network. <clears throat> you can look it up. It was a really good show. So I've just like really, really love like animated shorts. And like when Adult Swim came along, that was like my like genesis. I'm like, oh my God, I fucking love this. Everything is great. So like that's really where like my focus is always late. It's just watching like shorts. And I guess like growing up in that nineties era where there was so much like groundbreaking animation coming out, like it wasn't just like CG, but there was also like a lot of like interesting, intriguing hand-drawn animation. Like I remember watching um, the guy who did uh, the courage, the cowardly dog, his original animated shorts. Like I can't believe somebody gave him a fucking kid show. Like, that guy was so twisted. He always made like deformed teeth. Like that was always his thing. And like there's Don Heserveld who used to do the stick figure theater and like all that kind of stuff. Like he like pioneered a whole style. Like uh, there's um, fucking, what's his name? Plimpton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill, yes, Plimpton. Cool. Bill Plimpton was like my favorite. I love Bill Plimpton. And like, you want to talk about awesome Bill Plimpton's movie, the tune I don't even know if we can find it. I own the VHS of it. So I think it. I
1: did see it. I don't know if it's still there, but I watched a bunch of his cartoons, like his shorts on a yeah, Criterion Bill channel. Yeah, Bill Clinton's my favorite.
2: Yes, yes. He uh, did have like a, I don't know if it was only on Laserdisc that it got released, but he did have like a collection that was released by Criterion. I mean, he did all his animation with pencil. It was all pencil sketches. Like that's how he does his art. Like it's all like different sketches of like pencils and stuff. And he does like this like, sort of Ren and Stimpy style, like realistic <clears throat> combined with like, you know, exaggeration and stuff. And it's like really intriguing. And it's like MTV really pioneered a lot of that with like, even just the MTV logos, they got like all these different animators to come in and do those and stuff. And like so much of like that stuff, when I watch something like love death and robots, I'm just like, you guys are just not pushing hard enough. And I don't think it's the medium. Cause like, Like I said, this season was the first time I really felt like there was a strong, diverse mix of mediums being utilized. And even though it was all CG, there are creative ways you can go about CG. Like my favorite this season was the one that looked like it was literally like a heavy metal comic about the girl who's dragging the dead girl across the desert. That animation was stunning. Like that was gorgeous. I wish that they tried more stuff like that And less of the photorealistic stuff. Because, like, the first two seasons, it's mostly photorealistic. And, like, that's where I got disappointed with it. was, like, I just don't want another story of photorealistic, like, CG. I want you to diversify your style. That's why I like
1: Doug Finchers. Because his character seems like they were just a hair a little off from what people would look like. But then the rest of the thing follows, like, very realistic looking things. Like the crab thing is like uh, scary, realistic.
2: The Fincher one that you're talking about, that felt like it was done by the polar express people.
1: You didn't even, couldn't even see, you couldn't even see the dead eyes. (coughs) (laughs) It was so dark and gritty. It was great though.
2: I like that one. I, I, I just, I don't know. I want to see more, of that like i wish that mt i wish mtv would go back to animation
1: they did because like did the they really beavis and butthead
2: it was oh, actually if you're talking about that beavis and butthead have a movie coming out that looks excellent where they go to space yeah science fiction it's right up then, alley. That, yeah and then there's a new season being done by mike judge that i think they're supposed to be adult in so that's going to be really interesting mike judge built his own animation they're adult recently. in the movie
1: um but that cuz that's what they r- released their like original designs for and you only see them in the trailer for like a second
2: right i'm super here for that like i i'm i like beavis and butthead and i think mike judge knows how to keep that property functional by upgrading each time he does like that fourth season of like, beavis and butthead is some of the best beavis and butthead like it's so fucking funny It's really good. So it's like if he can maintain that same with like King of the Hill where he's doing a new season of that and he's like aging up the characters. I'm like, I'm really interested to see what he can bring to the table because he's a kind of a do no wrong director in a lot of ways. I think the worst thing he's done in my eyes is uh, Silicon Valley and really that show only started to decline. It's like fourth season when it just started finding itself repeating over and over like the same storylines. And I was like, I think that's the first time I've ever seen him drag. Yeah, they his had feet. some problems. With was like, like that
1: actors dying and yeah, and me too. Movement. Well, then and they, had, they had what's his face. Yeah. Well, the
2: one guy one guy was an asshole and started doing the bomb threats on the train. Yeah, I think he was already what's gone by that
0: point. T.J. Miller. Yeah, yeah. I, I think by the one. time that by the time he did that, yeah.
1: the The lead is like a very the the guy I can't remember the actor's name that played Richard, the, the protagonist in that. He's all. He's almost like a Seinfeld s character, where he Jerry Seinfeld, where he's more of the straight man. And so when he ended up being goofy, yeah. it didn't work as well. as like just having all the characters around him being a little bit off. There's some really funny stuff in that show still, though.
2: I there was a point there. Do you have any um, idea about like that time in the 2010s? when fox tried to come back and take the mantle of adult animation and they started doing that adhd stuff the fox adhd animations and that they created that youtube channel and the youtube channel had like all these like really fucking good shorts that were on it and then they uh did the lucas brothers show and they started just like putting out all these like new cartoons because like fox are kind of like the pioneers of adult animation in america like they brought us The Simpsons and like Tracy Allman and shit like that. So it's like they really pushed the boundaries of that sort of thing. And so Even they're the always kind of shows, like we're at the Fox forefront of that.
1: And it, Saturday morning. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They had some of the best cartoons ever, period. And they had some really unique shit and they were because at the time when they came into existence they were a new network they had to find a way to stand out above everyone else so they were more willing to cross lines that nobody else was willing to cross when adult swim came along in the the 2000s fox started to realize they were losing their mantle in the um, adult animation space especially after they lost like futurama and then they realized on top of that that like adult swim had bought the rights to family guy and they were running reruns of it. And the ratings they were getting with the reruns of family guy were so high that they were profiting off of that. And so Fox was like, well, fuck that. We're going to bring the show back. So they brought Futurama's that show back, back and then too. they gave them. Yeah. And then Futurama came back after they brought family guy back. Cause they were like, well shit, if we can bring that one back, let's do this one. So there was that like push for them to just kind of recycle properties. But then like when adult swim came along and adult swim, you know, pioneered the whole like 11 minute short animation. That's when Fox was like, oh, hell no, you're not taking the mantle from us. And they tried to flip it around and they did this ADHD thing. And like the content was excellent, but like they just didn't publish it properly. Like they just didn't get out there the right way. Cause it was exclusive on Hulu, I think too. So like I watched everything on it and it was a real failure. I just wish there was more of a push to bring back like Uh, stuff that the ADHD content all the shows. I think you can still find some of it on there. Like the, I think the Lucas brothers show is still on there and that stuff. But like,
1: if you wait till August, they they try to watch it. You'll get the new predator movie.
2: What's really funny though, is like, they didn't just like, um, they just gave up completely. They went, fuck it. And like, instead of like concluding it or bringing any of it to a close, they just completely straight up abandoned it. And like the website still exists with like the content, just like, It just stops being produced like you're just like oh okay and it's like they could go back to it if they wanted to because they never really shut it down it's all still up in the air and open i wish more of these streaming channels would invest in like short form animations and like showcases like that so that you we have could get different now. varieties Networks of animation no they're not doing it the way i want them to like i don't want more cg because the whole thing about love death and robots is that it's all cg and that's fine if you practice different mediums i know that like Computer animation is pretty much the standard of how you do most animation these days. But like, there are ways. Like, I want to see like more Don Heserfelds and like Bill Plimptons, and less photorealistic CG. Because like photorealistic CG is just not well, interesting. Well, it's not at always photorealistic, I but I do live think action. it's all CG.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of different styles throughout we got, all the episodes. <sighs> we
2: got way off track from Porkchop. <laughs>
0: Hey, okay, we're
1: we're still on. Animation. We never left animation. That's That's it's key. basically, we're,
0: staying. we're, we're staying uh, and, and don't
1: pull me and Chuck into this. We've been trying to talk about Miyazaki the whole time. You <laughs> derailed, like the train went off the tracks. All about I the
2: did. Pork, oh. I did. I did. That's entirely my fault. You're,
1: the plane crashed I mean, and burned. I just like animation. To. <laughs> There's, yeah, I'm gonna I, edit I, it to I just. Mean, I, I like animation. It. Anything that has nothing to do with with Porco Rosso gets cut from the episode. Just you being like, I like animation. I'm just going to keep adding that again and again.
0: What did you think about this? I like animation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think we have a perfect episode under our belts. We get there eventually. Yeah, I mean, Miyazaki seems to be, like, testing. His style never exactly changes, but the type of story that he wants to to tell kind of goes between the fantastical and pretty pretty realistic. Uh, It seems like he prefers these kind of stories where uh, it it blurs the lines a little bit, and maybe this one blurs them the most, you know, with the whole pig thing.
2: But then, like, once again, it is very grounded in reality compared to a lot of his other stuff there doesn't really seem to be a lot of explanation for any of the fantastical elements of it. They just kind of are there and other people pose questions and he's just kind of like, I'm just a pig. And you're like, okay. I mean, <laughs>
1: I could imagine this, you know, you go to the movies to see this movie and let's imagine it's, it's live action. I just want a character that's a pig. And anytime somebody brings it up, he's just like, I'm just a pig. That's the only he's explanation. Just a furry. I have. He's... I'm a just a pig.
2: Yeah. He's like, I wish I was a pig. I'm gonna draw everybody. Well, you got to think. Pig. What else
1: came out around this time, babe? Pigs were in. Pigs were the hot Dude, thing.
2: Babe was That'll a good do movie, pig. though. Ugh, cruel. It's kind of a masterpiece, <laughs> honestly, for what it is.
1: That's that photorealistic uh, CG you don't like, though.
2: It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a real pig yeah, with a CG so. face.
1: I think it's like the Lion yeah. King.
2: No, I think no. It's a real pig with a CG face. Mm. I think they even do some cotton in the mouth in that movie.
1: Whatever racist thing that is, uh,
2: I don't know. The mice are CG. the The three singing mice, they're CG, and that's like some of that early CG too. They look pretty good. That's a good movie. It's about pigs. Is that how we're like justifying this conversation piece? We're like it covers yeah, at the pigs. same time we're talking about pigs.
0: We're all about the pigs
2: yeah
1: the pigs of cinema yeah i mean i i don't know i think when i watched this movie i was like the least it uh interested in it i, I don't necessarily hate it i think the animation's good i like the character of, of Porcaroso. but maybe i don't like the the smaller parts as much i mean i did like the pirates i guess but beyond that like i i don't think there was a moment where i really cared or had any sort of anticipation about what what was going to happen next
2: they don't do enough developing of characters and relationships in it to make you feel attached to anything so you're not invested in really anything in the story you're you're intrigued and it's not everything that's being presented to you on screen isn't necessarily visually boring so like there's like brightly colored planes and like dogfights and like you know the pirates are funny and like there's all this kind of stuff but like the core focal story I got the impression when he showed up to the girls bar that they had some kind of a relationship and that he was being sassy with her and like that. But I figured that was their kind of relationship and that obviously they had something going on. And then like she's just gone for the movie. And I was like, that's exactly what I expected from that character. But like when she comes back later, I feel like we're presented in a way that like we should have had more time with and understood this character, developed her a little bit more, because clearly she's quite important. It's the same with, like, the mechanics girl. They could have spent more time with her and Porco and developed their relationship more so that when she does leave him, there's, like, more of a feeling of, like... Do you think the
1: distance is more so because that is Porco as a character? That's why we don't have that close bond with any other character?
2: I think that this is, like, one of those times where you could definitely you can do that thing that you do where the audience knows, but the people around him doesn't. And so you almost feel like you're in on the secret and you can just kind of like get more information and there's more ways to go about things. Like his stories are too loose and open-ended. There's no real like payoff. You never really get an understanding of why or how he is a pig. Um, it, it But the, Every time they they start leading up to it, you feel like you're gonna start getting some payoff. It's it, it, the movie Blue Balls. You constantly like you just think you're gonna get somewhere, and then it just stops, and you're just like, I don't. I want you to finish. Like I want I want you to. I want to fulfill like my final whatever, and I'm not getting there because you're not giving it to me, and, and, and you keep teasing it's
1: me. Miyazaki, te- but you're not you're not ever. Well.
2: Yeah, and, it, and it, but there's no payoff. Like, So, the end result of what you get for the end of the film is just it stops. It's almost like a Harmony Corrin film. Like, It just has. It just starts in the middle and ends no, in the middle. No, his movies like, don't end. No We've already
1: discussed payoff. That. They last forever. That's,
2: they never that's, end. That's right. <laughs> Spring Break this, forever, y'all. <laughs> God, how?
1: <laughs>
2: Porco Rosso forever, because this movie has no fucking clues, did conclusion read he either. I that they wanted
1: like, to do a sequel. Uh, his plan was writing it and I guess handing it off to another director. didn't happen. Maybe it still can happen. I, I But I think it might have been killed when he did The Wind Rises because I feel that he cared, in this film particularly, he cared more about the animation of the aviation than he did about the characters.
2: I was hoping going into this that there was going to be a lot more high flying action, like a lot more airplane action, a lot more like a- adventure, a lot more kind of go- stuff going on. And there was a lot of like just moments of just these slice of slice of life, like sitting in a place eating or hanging out or chatting or stuff. There's some good dialogue in the movie. I think the discussions between him and his mechanic are great. So are mine. Like those are some of the best scenes in the movie, but like, the the best parts of that film as a whole are like when he gets to Italy and then starts trying to get his plane repaired. Like that to me was the best part of the movie. Like there was a lot more like the, the Ghibli engine was cute. Like watching the whole family come together and like rebuild the plane was like super cute. Like there was a lot to like there, but then once he leaves and goes back to the Mediterranean, then it just like all falls apart again. So it's like, The weakest parts of these movies are like when he's in the Mediterranean. Essentially,
1: I'm I'm interested too, Chuck. How you feel? (laughs) Because is this Miyazaki number six or something?
0: Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I I think it's probably it's either his fifth. How
1: how do you feel about the maybe the movies in between? Like uh, the movies so far, even though we maybe not specifically had an episode on them. Like, where do you put this one compared to the rest of them? It's
0: still probably. Like, I, I wouldn't put it as my favorite. And again, I, like I brought up the last time that I more or less picked it, not, not as a joke, but more or less just because at, at least two of us said we hadn't seen it. So I was like, OK, well, I'll, I'll pick a movie that no one's that a majority haven't seen so we can watch something new. So uh, I'm glad I picked it. But it, it's probably somewhere in the middle for me, maybe. Like, I don't know that it's I, I still think I like I really like Castle in the Sky. Uh, and i enjoy kiki's delivery service probably probably those are two of my two of the better ones i think especially out of these early ones i think he has i think he has some more interesting stuff down the line we're getting the princess
2: Mononoke, and i like more fantastical elements are better everything yeah. that he does that's fantasy
1: seems to be more Cause i mean, even i'm like i will defend the wind rises i think it's great but it is not there's no fantasy element to it whatsoever uh, i
2: but i even think like <laughs> it's funny like of all the films that we've selected, like I even think Nausicaä is weaker than like Howl's Moving Castle or like Kiki or Totoro or any of those movies. Like there's a lot better things coming, and it's like we've kind of like dipped into the deep part of the pond and pulled kind of like. No, uh, it. I don't. Like... <laughs> I, I kind of
1: disagree. I think Nausicaä suffers from being essentially his one of his first movies uh so it's like a, this grand idea and the animation's not as pretty and i i feel like this that's the movie where
2: i think the animation's gorgeous in it. i think the story well, is the weak i think part. there's a
1: lot of learning that happens in that movie too and when you look at his like entire filmography he really doesn't have anything like that movie ever again he never really touches that kind of story right. twice i, I and you kind of get the feeling with like some of these other ones where like yeah he he's he's like he's testing the water like you can tell that he's starting to discover what he really likes like the style that he likes and the type of story he wants to tell so like Nausicaa, well it it's easily not his best i like i put it kind of high because i i feel like it's one of his more interesting movies
2: it's definitely not in the pool of what his typical stuff is like it's it's non-fantasy but i think like coming back around to this one there's like we picked a really strange like selection of his films because like i've never seen this and i've always wanted to and this is not what i thought this movie was gonna be (laughs) is there anything else that you haven't seen of his yet oh really um i yeah i haven't seen the the castle in the sky i've always wanted to see that one i haven't seen ponyo the one that you keep bringing up that you Wind like. Wind like, Yeah, I never even heard of that one.
1: That's like, so his, like his last movie, it's from 2013. Seen. So it's been like 10 years since he's made a movie.
2: So, I, I mean, I've seen the majority, but not all of. Castle in the Sky is great.
1: Of. I really enjoyed that one, too.
2: I've always wanted to see it. Like, it's not right. like it's something I've intentionally avoided. It's just that, you know, how shit is. Like, it gets pushed down the line, and the next thing you know, five
1: years pa- go by. I liked Ponya too. It's weird. Um... Kanye looks adorable. That I've is kind of like the, that one. The, uh, that I was is definitely what he's trying to achieve. I think in that movie,
2: I was trying to watch all of his movies at one point. So like I was doing really good of like just going through them, but like I fell off somewhere around towels, moving castle and I just never picked back up kind of thing.
1: And, and Howl's is one of the ones that like visually, I think it looks great, but I wasn't as interested in the story as I was some of the other ones.
2: I'd agree with that. I, I think that that one's visually stunning. Like it's a really good looking. Well, I'm
1: interested too to like pick. So. I mean, you have you have a a week to watch everything. I don't know where <laughs> I don't know where gonna Chuck's happen. gonna be. Like if he's gonna try to watch the rest of them afterwards. I mean, I guess I would follow up even in the next theme. I would just kind of be interested to know what Chuck's yeah. favorite is out of all of them.
0: Well, yeah, we'll have, we'll have a break in between so I can I can watch. Yeah, because I've never I've never seen Ponyo or The Wind Rises either. Those are two that I've never like I've I've just seen bits and pieces, but I've never sat down and watched either of those. So I have to get to the end. To
1: I remember Ponyo ones. coming out when I was in Hollywood video and I was like, this movie looks dumb, dumb AF. And then I watched it and I was like, ah, I, I kind of <laughs> like that movie. <laughs> I also have the cover. It looks really it's basically cute. Little Mermaid, I think.
2: That's what I hear. I had just been told it's Little Mermaid and I'm like, eh, I've done it. I've done it so many times.
1: But nobody does it like Disney. And they're doing it again. There's a live action one coming out.
2: <laughs> don't it's not don't even sh- get I thought, thought you were gonna say don't even kid thing. with
1: me. I'm like, I'm not, it is real, it is happening. Oh my god.
2: Oh, I'm I'm aware. I, I've been following it for a while now. I, I Little Mermaid's my favorite Disney movie. Cool. So. It's just kind of that like, period from there I to really like Lion King. King
1: it, there's some really good movies.
2: Yeah, I saw the the Little Mermaid in the theater when it came out, and I just was like, Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, now it's your turn to feel. Everyone else has had had their movie. Like my favorite Disney movie of all time is Aladdin, and then I watched their ver their live action version. And I was like, Well, it's not. I don't know. <laughs> the live
1: action one that worked the most for me still is Jungle Book.
0: Yeah probably aladdin's really the live, good actually. the live action aladdin was the like
1: too. decent but i think the hard thing is like aladdin beauty and the beast uh little mermaid i, I haven't watched Lion King any these like animated I, movies so no. i don't really understand yeah yeah exactly the idea of the revisit yeah, like them. what's the
0: there's there's not the point yeah like remake yeah remake one of your ones that like failed like black cauldron or something black like cauldron that, like, yeah like, redo something like that that no one saw and be like like, why don't you repeat? Yeah, just just make actually again.
2: a live action Black Cauldron could be fucking
1: be badass yeah, if you did it right. Be, that could be, be so funny. fucking sweet. Uh, well, then, but we're getting Pinocchio, <laughs> so good. which looks just like yeah. as close to the animated yeah. as the get. Benicio del
2: Toro no, one.
1: No, it's I uh, I don't know who's making oh. it. Tom Hanks and
2: because oh god, there's another one. Okay, so there was that one that just came out on Netflix, and then the Benicio del Toro one's due to come out sometime soon. And Disney's
1: doing another one? Ah, fuck. Although I don't know if the Disney one's theatrical or
2: or
0: what. Oh, you know it's theatrical. Come on, you know it's going to be. I
1: don't know. They pulled the plug on so many Pixar movies already. I'm surprised Lightyear's coming out.
2: uh, That movie looks fucking awesome. I can't wait to see that. That's going to be good. I'm looking forward to that.
0: I'm I'm excited to see. I don't don't know why. they. At first when they said uh, Buzz Lightyear movie where it's like actual Buzz Lightyear, I was like, that sounds pretty dumb. Yeah. I don't think I'd want to watch it. Then then yeah. then they immediately got me in the trailers with the robot cat and I was like, "Oh, I have to see this film with the yeah. robot cat." That's amazing. Yeah. and I
1: even saw a trailer that like showed a little bit good. more of the story and I'm like, "I didn't even get that from the teases that you showed me." The and just to let you know, the director of the the
0: new Pinocchio is Robert Zemeckis. Oh, so God. they'll have very alive
1: eyes and won't be uh, will be. Dead well, I think it's dead. only like Pinocchio. that's it's... animated and it, it's not that style. So probably, yeah. Zemeckis so used to be
2: a do no wrong director. And then somewhere in like Force the late Gump. 90s, it all just right <laughs> after that, man. Like it's after that. That's where it all fell apart. Like he's been like such a misdirector, like for like the past, like 20 years. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. I can't trust you anymore, Zemeckis. I can't do it. I watched I, like a year shit. or
1: two ago uh, when I had Disney Plus. I watched the the Muppet Christmas Carol, and then I ended up watching the one with Jim Carrey that Zemeckis did, and it's so <laughs> creepy. Uh, That's really like, creepy. Well, the Polar Express that you brought up earlier too. It's like it's like super it creepy. Doesn't work. I uh, like this. It's the jarring. story is is fine. The story is actually decent, but. That animation style is like it's kind of it's disturbing. Just,
2: it looks dark and evil. Like everything about it just looks like something. Well terrible the kids is gonna like, happen. It's so like it's so weird. It's like they mind. don't move
1: right. And now I notice a lot no. of they'll do a lot of uh, you know, motion capture to like get the get the these actual movement movements that like people do. <laughs> I
2: hate Disney's current animation. I'm not here for their CG. Um, they literally just face swap. Like, I get so, t- like, if you like the story. Did you That's see the trailer cool, for Strange Worlds but like, or whatever? I don't think I've seen that one. But like, basically, they made Tangled, and they've been like using the face model for Tangled on like all of their animated films for like the past like ten years. They like don't tell me that the characters from Frozen don't look exactly the same as the They're characters in the same from Tangled universe. look exactly the same as the like. It's just like <laughs> I'm so I'm so tired of looking at the exact same face models and character designs for like all of their movies because it's really like like when you look at. Pixar, which, you know, I know like they own them, but like they don't make animation like them and like Pixar knows how to like make people look unique and different and every they one of their films they find a way but you know what it is it, it goes back to what we talked about before is that they they are personally obsessed with french animation and they adopt a lot of those french animation like characters and styles into like the cg that they do so like their stuff has this very unique quality to it that when you're like a pixar movie is coming out then it's like oh it stands out it's unique it's different it's interesting looking and when a disney movie that's cg animated comes out around the same time they look like the same rehash. Like there is no character in that Encanto that looked any vi- different visually in the face than any of the characters from Frozen. They are the exact same face models. All they do is they just change the skin tone, change the eye color, ta-da, there you go. And it's so uncreative. And it, it's just like, this was an animation studio that pioneered some of like the greatest animation like in the world. And I, even when they were like cutting corners, like back in like the the... What's the? Uh, oh, I mean, they kind of did like the
1: Princess and, like, and the Frog. That stuff and did it not do well? And Princess and the Frog was gorgeous.
2: It did terribly, but like, I mean, and well, it's a good movie. Uh... It was an excellent film. They didn't market it properly. That was the biggest problem that's with it. These was that it wasn't sold deal with properly? That stuff.
1: Like a movie bombs, and they're like, it was the animation style. It was the cast. It was this actor. It Was this director? Like. Doesn't matter how successful like, did they you see were that before. One? Yeah, I. It was excellent. It was so good. It's also the last one that I can ima- remember that kind of has that like early two thousands um, animation style.
2: I will say this about it: it has really forgettable music, and that's a killer in a disney film is when it doesn't have memorable songs there's not a whole lot to like work with there you got to remember the music in order to like latch on to it kind of thing but that was a great movie and and it's it's once again the animation was really what did it they can go back to like making stuff look like they sell animation and use cg like they don't have to make cg animated films they can go back to a traditional disney style that looks like proper animation like proper cell animation while still doing it all on a computer what, what like that? they can Chuck, absolutely what was do that, that
1: movie that james had us watch for christmas that was like the animated santa movie
0: oh yeah klaus,
1: klaus uh, i really like the style on that it reminded me of drawings from an old okay.
2: like uh, yeah.
0: uh old yeah uh, picture yeah
2: book. i've heard of that one
0: it's a, it's like a good one that they, that they're definitely using computer computer technology but they yeah, they purposely make it look like more like classical animation like it doesn't have that
1: doesn't have a cg well you know what going back to porco rosso that scene when they were in the theater and they're watching that cartoon and it had that like old school disney animation uh they made the animation different than the universe that they were living in it was like a felix
2: the cat cartoon type thing the max fleischer with the super wiggles and everything's got eyes i love that shit love it max fleischer's the best did you ever see in the like 90s when they did a new felix the cat cartoon and it was like really fucked up
1: (laughs) i don't remember
2: i think it's called the twisted world of felix the cat and it was like a saturday morning cartoon and it was just really fucked felix the cat was already fucked up to begin with so that's where kripp gets a lot of influences is that kind of flesher style too so that's how you get like weird shit like ren and stimpy it's people being influenced by stuff like that you're just like letting me go. I on I, I here can't and even I jump
1: in. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> you don't know, Max. Are you not familiar yes. with Felix the Cat? But not enough to know any Felix other thing that you're mentioning beyond the character of no. Felix the Cat. I actually kind of do vaguely remember that. them like rebooting it, but I, like, did it fail? Because I don't remember it like lasting very long.
2: Oh, it failed hard. I think I got. I think I got a season. And that was about it. They kept trying. Like in the 90s, they did another Mighty Mouse cartoon. Oh uh, yeah, and I had actually. Those that's where old, John Kerv- like
1: yeah. 50s and 60s cartoons. Uh, I saw something on the internet but- the other day that was actually really funny. It was like Superman's never killed anybody, and it's a uh, this character named Nicotine, and he's trying to get kids to smoke cigarettes. <laughs> Excuse me. And Superman flies down and just like fucking like flings him into the sun. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: it's like you could tell that this guy is like great. has no powers at all he's just trying to sell, like sell cigarettes i guess but yeah uh that that's where so, like i got introduced to like gigantor and mighty mouse and i enjoyed all that nice. shit and then some of the i don't know if it was Nickelodeon, it might have been a, the Cart- cartoon network where like i was Watching like the Speed Racers and there's Hannah Barbera. Yeah, they used to have that on that, there. That type of stuff. Huh. I did buy, like, am I'm, I I'm, I'm, I'm ever going to watch all of them? Uh, I did buy the complete collection of the Pink Panther. There's a huge part of the Pink Panther that is my life, which is my dad has a Pink Panther tattoo on his arm. Uh, oh, and, man. Like, I don't know.
2: You're talking the animated series, oh, right? Yeah, animated, like, the animated. Spy show. Yeah. Okay,
1: because I used to watch the yeah, cartoon the Yeah, it's the cartoon the I'm talking about. It's never my, very, my, it's very dry. My dad has the uh, the, the, the Tim tattooed so with like funny. a suit and a cane and a top hat. I'm just like this is like, hilarious. <laughs> he's like, don't get a, don't he he's he's really funny because I remember once he got me this. It was like Christmas, and he got me this watch. And it was, like, a very ornate, like, silver wristwatch uh, with this dragon on it. And he made a comment, like, well, I don't know if you still like dragons, because I have a dragon tattoo. And my thought was, uh, <laughs> still in a dragons, but I haven't worn a wristwatch in, <laughs> like years uh, no i i actually kind of find it hard to regret things like that like tattoos because even if it was the worst tattoo in the world it's like a story it's something that's a part of you now and i think that's cool hey. i i dig that so he hasn't gotten rid of the pink panther as far as i know and i'm i'm kind of glad he hides it though he's embarrassed I'm covered about, in weird he's tattoos
2: I I get those Friday the Thirteenth tattoos all the time, so I got all kinds of. But weird if I was gonna do a me.
1: cartoon tattoo, I would do Wiley e. Coyote. Yeah. Oh
2: no! Get a get a Tasmanian devil like like with an eight ball. Like <laughs> it's like oh, where well they were all wearing like the Jenko jeans
1: <laughs> and being all hip?
2: Yeah, yeah, the Tweety. Tweety Bird. There with was a the... place in the mall
1: yeah, Century 3 mall uh, outside of Pittsburgh and that, that's like all the clothing that they had. It was like super expensive like jean jackets with like a gangster Tweety Bird on it and stuff.
2: You're not a white trash 90s woman if you're not wearing a Tweety Bird shirt with jogging pants.
1: <laughs> yeah but then I guess how would you feel if uh, all these Miyazaki movies get the live action treatment? Especially if they get it in Japan because it's uh, probably not going to look pretty. Well,
2: if Netflix is involved in it, they'll be shit. If they have the right studio backing them and they put a lot of attention and care into them, they could be good. But I think that every Japanese person would be asking why. Because they don't really do very well, these live-action anime movies. I mean, they do okay, but like... And they're pretty good with them. Like the Japanese Death Note movies, excellent. The live action one, the American live action one's like the worst thing I've ever seen. Uh, I hear the Attack on Titan movie is really fucking bad. Uh, same though. with
1: the Cowboy Bebop. Like show. I hear that
2: one's rough. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't even watch that. I wasn't even going to put my time into that. I'm like, nope. On our old show, we did a whole thing about Netflix and anime, and Netflix owns like so much anime like they invested billions of dollars into like buying anime rights and stuff like that because they decided they were going to become like the anime streaming channel like they wanted to have as much anime so they've been investing like billions and billions into getting rights and then putting original content on it and all this kind of stuff so like anime was supposed to be netflix's big like foothold and it's it's actually been killing them. Like they've not been doing well with it at all. Like they—they're supposed to have a live-action Gundam movie coming uh, out. They're too, in One Piece I, also. I, oh my god! They, like they all look yeah. terrible. Like the, the I I when I heard about the live-action Gundam movie, you know I was I like, dug, no, i like, dug I'm already like, like out.
1: I, I didn't watch. I think there's four seasons of it now. It's probably like twelve episodes. Castlevania had a really cool animated look to it.
2: Castlevania is excellent but that is animation done originally from them like it's it's not even anime it's american but it just has like an anime kind of style because it's based on what it is that's a good show like when it comes to their original animation they're very like hit and miss but when they're hit their hit is really good like i mean bojack horseman's a fucking brilliant show um i love big mouth big mouth is excellent um but then, like, there's a lot of shit that they have on there that you're just like, nope, like, don't even waste your time with it. No, I, uh, I, I like some of their original animes are excellent. No, you don't want to watch Brickleberry. <laughs> like that's like bad, or what? Well, that one that they made about cops that like were gay or something like that. Like it's the just, one like, they just made just about no, cops that like, were I'm gay. In... Yeah, I was like, I think they're gay cops. Like that's the whole joke is that they're they're super gay. It's like,
1: animated. It's
2: like that's. Yeah, I'm like I'm not watching that. I'm not. not it was not just called The Gay Cops. Well, and they used to do like original animations, like what I mean by that is, like the stylistically like BoJack Horseman was an interesting original style. And then when Big Mouth came out, they seemed to have taken the animation from Big Mouth and adopted it to like six different animated series on there. And so, like, it all ends up looking the same instead of like having that originality that was coming from it originally. So, they they shit they really. I mean, we all know Netflix is in the place where they've been shooting themselves in the foot. Oh, for even like when they have good now, stuff, they just, just get not, rid of it. Yeah, I mean, it takes like what? How many years do we wait between season like three and four of Stranger Things? Like these kids are like in their twenties at this point, and we're still still supportive. <laughs> they're not that, they're, that like, old you know, yet. But two there's years, a,
1: there's definitely the,
2: no, they are the The oldest, uh, the the kid uh, who's dating L is twenty. L is nineteen. Um, there's the youngest kid is seventeen of the group of the kids. The black kid, I believe, is in his like twenties, like early twenties. Like these kids don't even look like kids.
0: They gave him derpy haircuts. That's how you know they're kids. yeah. They gave him. They
2: haircuts. do have
1: some terrible. terrible <laughs> they
0: gave him the Dexter. They gave him the young Dexter. <laughs>
2: It's just one of those things.
0: Uh, the Wonder so.
1: Years did it too, but they—they're when... like time jump.
2: I don't know. They don't time jump this though. They're supposed to, we're supposed to believe that two years total has gone on in the show after four over four seasons. Two years. It's like, all right then.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to the... see if. Uh... What? I know, but I don't know why. Because uh, you exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. This, I mean, this is a very important time to, to like put under the microscope for anime because Miyazaki is basically probably the most well known animator from Japan, if not the world. At least internationally, right. he's, like, the one that's not, you know, American. And we don't care about the Canadian ones. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you. Um, I see how it is. But I would consider him, like, the, the like the curacao of animation. He's definitely that. Uh, he's, he's kind of like you see a lot of copycats uh, off trying to make the same kind of movies that he has made. Yeah, I could see that and uh but he he really did like he he really did work. He basically built this studio out of uh a nothing and has kept it going pretty strong. So uh, I am interested to see where the hell uh animation goes moving forward because the last couple things that I've been seeing kind of have like that uh weathering with you and your name where it's like hyper realistic and uh there is usually like a sci-fi element but it's not too crazy. And I'm kind of interested to see like how fantastical the next one ends up being.
2: And I know it's not a studio or I know it's not a Miyazaki directed film, but my fiance told you, you should watch Pompoko and going back to studio Ghibli itself. They, uh, release a lot of really great animation, like as a whole, like it's not just what he puts out each one of like, the Ghibli films, yeah, that movie's amazing. You I need just to watch got it. it. You just got it. That like I mean when you're talking about there's like a really good crossover with tell all of them. their animations. Right. Nice. That's a really good movie. <laughs> As I just point at the screen and say that's, that's a good, a good movie. movie. Nobody knows what I'm talking
1: about. Uh, that's gonna be my review is a good of movie. every movie from here on out. Justin, what did you think about that movie? I'm like, but I, that was a good movie. Uh, that's a good... Uh, I, I just, like...
2: I, I I love seeing the different animation styles that come out, and I feel like Ghibli's always got a pretty standard issue style that goes across all of their films. Like, It's not like, oh this was made by this director it's gonna look differently it's like no it's a ghibli film like it's gonna look like a ghibli film so there is definitely like that old school animation very soft round edges kind of quality that carries throughout all all of their films like not just the miyazaki films i like seeing him break away from that style though like some of the later stuff that you're talking about like when you even spirited away like there's a really diverse mix of like styles. Like there's his, his style is all through it, but there's also like a lot of like new animation styles that come out in that one. It's really intriguing. I don't like that movie though. I think, I, I think it's very, I think it's, but I like looking at a it
1: really good story. Um, I didn't dig it the very first time I watched it either. I enjoyed it more when I did the the full rewatch of all of his movies.
2: I ended up being a movie that every time I'd go somewhere, someone would have it on a TV playing and I just got tired of looking at it. That, Sounds at that like, point, you went to too. very like, like, weird I'm so places. Fucking tired of this movie. Actually, there was a ramen shop that I used to go to in Japan, uh, in, um, not Japan. <laughs> I wish it was in Japan. In um, Vegas. It's called Anime Ramen and they always had it playing on the TV there. Every time I go in, I was like, I don't want to watch this fucking movie when I come in here every time. Maybe they
1: had like a 24-hour loop and you're always in at the same time.
2: Uh, I guess. It was good food, though. I like their food. That's why I went back. It wasn't because it was anime-themed. That's just tacky.
1: <laughs> I mean, I've seen tacky before. However,
2: it, I do like some cosplay uh, waitresses, though. That was good. I always enjoyed that.
1: That's why you went.
2: I mean, it's a good reason to. You know, it's like why you go to Hooters.
1: For the wings.
2: Except, you know, anime. (laughs) Exactly. I've never been to Hooters. Uh,
1: I was actually there in Japan, so I went to that one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Did, Did you really? That's really funny. That's great.
1: Oh man. Anyways, I guess that's uh, pretty much the episode. Chuck's uh yeah. drive all opinions it seems. You feel good, Chuck?
0: I mean, do I feel good? No, I feel terrible. Um, but yeah, we're done talking about it. Why partner,
1: do you feel so. terrible? What's going on?
0: Oh, just that's just me. That's just uh, uh, we, I think we want to hear about it. You, you weren't specific enough. You weren't specific enough when you said do you feel Oh, good? like in life? It was like, "Oh, wait, oh, with yeah, yeah. You you weren't specific. You were a little too vague." So
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess I like if we went that far, it would be like, "My fucking elbows hurting like for Tim some Robinson. reason." Yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't want to be here anymore. What in the mall or like no, just
1: here <laughs> in general. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> Uh, always bring it back to him. I uh, can't wait for his next yeah. season, which is probably a year away. Uh, which uh, I think you should leave. It's on Netflix. Watch it. You can one. watch the first oh, two perfect. seasons and like every episode's only like twenty if minutes. If that, like, yeah. So short. yeah. I should stuff the one with the hat, <laughs> which she also got the <laughs> restaurant one. Which the professor's like, "You're not going to eat that, are you?" give me a bite <laughs> what what did you say did you, did you say give me a bite comedically <laughs> no you're gonna tell people about this aren't you yeah it's a it's good definitely
0: watch it i'm gonna need you to say i would kill the president <laughs> i'm not gonna say i'm gonna kill the president oh i didn't have my phone out to record it yet i'm gonna need you to say it again
1: <laughs> yeah see doesn't that sound excellent that's 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 it basically what chuck's giving you right there that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah uh you have any final opinions on this lexi should we even ask
2: not really i mean it i think we pretty much covered everything we wanted to cover and then went deeply off course but um but all i really see animation um i don't think this is his strongest film i really don't and After uh, enjoying watching it is like at the time it was fine while I was watching it. But when I sit and process it with you guys, I'm like, eh, it's not really anything going on in it. There's not really a whole lot there. When you look at like the depth of his other films, even though he's able to take simple size of life stories, he's always able to flesh them out better into like grander structured stories that you feel more involved in. And this one just, you don't really feel too involved in it. You just kind of feel like you're looking in for a few minutes and walking away. So
1: yeah, I could see that. At this point, I'm like, man, I don't even have an opinion. I I don't really have strong feelings towards it either way. I don't hate it. I don't love it. Uh, but I think it's definitely worth watching in like the whole scheme of things. That's why I'm more interested in what Chuck's gonna feel after the whole thing's done. His marathon. We'll, we'll see when we get there. But uh. That uh, that was another great episode. We'll be back next week for our last Miyazaki film. In the meantime, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Cinema de More or slash Cinema de More. That's where we'll have our ads. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at JJ Morgan nineteen. Lexi,
2: uh, you can go to my Instagram, uh, Polly P O L Y underscore E Y S T H E R. That's me. Uh, you can DM me on there if you want to. I also have an art page, uh, Iconoclast, I C O N O K L A S T. That's my
1: art. And that's that. Chuck, where are you at on Twitter? ChuckBin66. Nice. Um, thank you guys for listening. I will also do a small little plug for our friend Jacob who now has two episodes out. Well, I guess his third oh, episode yeah. is going to be coming out the same day as this episode. But me and Lexi were both on IPA sessions talking about um, how to make a podcast and how to be a good host. So check those out. We'll throw up some links if we didn't already. I know that we did on Twitter. So I meant I meant to
2: tell you I listened to your episode. And I found it really interesting to learn about the history of this show cuz like there's stuff you've told me like throughout the course of it but like getting it like chronologically and like the breakdown I was like it's actually really interesting.
1: Yeah, I to guess learn if you about think about it in that way you, you are to get here. the origin of the podcast a little bit too.
2: Yeah, it was good. I really liked it. If you're interested in learning about this show as a whole, it's definitely worth listening to. I learned a lot about it and I work on it so
1: chuck sends his regards uh (laughs) chuck's not on it but he might be eventually he should be on it then we just got the
2: trifecta yeah
1: i'm going to like to hear chuck's episode i would too uh with that i'll just wait for chuck's episode peace be with you We are Cinema De More. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with news and information on upcoming episodes. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Bodbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Pandora, Alexa, or iHeartRadio. It would be greatly appreciated if you subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We also appreciate feedback, so rate us, review us, and let us know what you think. And above all else, thank you for listening.